Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Show! All right! Episode 148 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Brandon from Cape Shark in Massachusetts. Let's go! Hey there, Sugar Bear. Hey, Sunshine. What's going on? You stopped up? Oh, yeah. You get sick Dylan every other week now. <laughs> it's, my, it's my new thing. Well, it sounds cute. Cool. So, you got that going for you. How was AC? It was AC. It was trashy and, you know, like heroin needles and all the good stuff but it was fucking fun as shit i laughed a lot and i had fun with friends and i ate good food and it's all that matters probably the best show ever you know because i I, because i missed it i wasn't there yeah i'm sure it was yeah up there yeah it was good it was a good time cool did you buy anything no dude honestly the show was like this much on my radar (laughs) <laughs> like we went to the show walked it but like you we've seen all the same shit like the last couple shows not like anything's new so it's yeah, funny yeah. like you walk it just to find friends yeah i mean generally the the bigger newer releases are at long beach yeah. um and what it turns into then in any way is just networking and yeah. you know hangs and things like that i get it yeah, there was a lot of good stuff. Um, the show was okay. Like I said, whatever. Um, but we, like you said, the networking part, like we went to Denial on the way up in uh, Philly. Hung out there. Uh, learned some stuff on the eye image that I didn't know as far as like cleaning ahead. Um, and that was great. Like that was worth the trip by itself, basically. Yeah, those guys are... And then, um, one of my faves, Chris and Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Are both great dudes. Great dudes. And that was like, if I was going to, I almost went, like I had, I was feeling really, really great. At some point I can't remember when. And I was like, yeah, I want to like last minute go. But, yeah. and if I was like, I heard, or Chris told me that is, that the shop is like five minutes from the airport or something like that. So. Um, yeah. He was like literally on the way for me. So like, we just pulled off, went to his shop and then kept going. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was fun seeing him in his place and he's coming here, you know, Oh, really? Yeah. He won a, uh, an auction, like a press. Oh yeah. The one down the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. It's like a few miles from here. And so he's flying in and then he's going to, I guess they're taking it apart and putting in a truck and driving back to Philly. Nice. Yeah. It'll be a fun drive. Yep. We will, um, I also, well, that's kind of like, never mind. We'll skip that part. <laughs> okay. I was going to say something uh, nice that I did, and that was like patting myself on the back. Oh, but I want to hear um, it now. Okay. So, did you hear that Philly is out of water? You know, there was a latex spill there. Did you hear anything about yeah, that? Yeah. So, apparently, 8,000 gallons of latex or something spilled into their water system. And 
they were, had to stop using their water like 3.30 in the afternoon for indefinitely. And there was like these really long lines, uh, you know, like to buy water. And then they ran out everywhere, like all of the areas, no water. And I'm like, dude, what are you going to do? Like you have like a wife and kids and all this stuff. Like what? I don't get it. Isn't the National Guard going to bring water in there and stuff? And they're like, they don't know. And so I went to Costco and bought a 40 pack. And um, I was going to overnight it. But guess how much overnighting? A 40 pack of water. It's so is. much weight. It's a lot of weight. It's heavy as shit. It was 46 pounds. So how yeah. much do you how much do you think it would cost if I wanted to though overnight to Philadelphia from St. Louis? 40 pack of bucks. water. That's close. It was like 460 or 80. So almost yeah. $500. And then uh we put on there ground. When is it going to be there? And it was just one day later. So it's instead of mm -hmm. an overnight it's two, it takes 2 days and it was yeah. 40 like 40 some dollars. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So he has enough water to survive for an extra day. So he'll just die one day later. <laughs> right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, we ended up staying at the showboat, which I've never been into. Could probably, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but it's it, uh, the whole bottom floor is like, like an arcade and they have like food and they have uh, like, it's not like a casino. It's just like literally just for fun. Uh, they had like uh, go karts and everything. So when we were there, they had a horror convention. Horror? And, yeah, horror convention. W H O. There, there was latex everywhere. It must have been from the train from Philly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there was a uh, MMA fight mm. there Saturday night, which was kind of cool. And then there was like karaoke, but like the arcade was awesome. Like. We were playing House of the Dead, which was super fun. Like it was like fully enclosed and like air cannons and like subwoofers and. and the question so, is, did they have Space Invaders? Yeah, they did. They had a huge one. They had like one of the like really big, uh, whatever LCD panel ones hmm. or whatever. Okay, but it was fun. It was a good time. Uh, like I said, just hung out with a lot of people, ate food, and uh, we missed you. Missed you too, man. But Next I got time. sick like the first day I was there. So uh, I've been like runny nose and coughing the entire time. I think it just my body knew where I was and it was like rejecting it <laughs> mucus to just to reject every possible. Yeah. So contaminant. like when you got to AC, your immune system immediately kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, fuck this place. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's, that's smart. I mean, that's smart. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. For what? going there's a multi-craft oh you're gonna go to that open. yeah so it's like pretty close to us and i That's haven't cool. so i'm gonna we i drove um like an hour recently you know because riding in a car is challenging yeah. but i drove an hour recently and went pretty well and so um actually jojo's gonna drive i'm gonna sit in this in like the passenger seat and recline mm -hmm. like an old man it must be really hard for joanne lately like oh, taking care of you constantly seriously dude I don't know, like like spoon fed, and you get to lay down in the car and tie my shoes. She probably comes around and opens the door and props your seat mm -hmm. up. Yeah, put your shoes back on. I'm like a queen. Yeah, I guess so. Well deserved, <laughs> I guess. She's a good woman. Like to put up with that shit. She's it's really yeah. it's amazing. She's on no, her way out. We've been, we've been I don't I don't know how much longer she's <laughs> going to do it, but I'm helping her so with far. The paperwork. Oh, I appreciate it. You yeah, are. I've freshly I, done it. So, I mean, I, I oh, know yeah. exactly how to do it. True, true, true. Well, 
yeah so we're headed we're headed to chicago um i don't know who's going to be there but i'm like supporting jimmy in his new thing and i'm gonna check it out um, i wanted I think, to go but i have some other plans on friday what are they you got now that you say you have to tell the world uh, a friend of mine is a professor at uh at bu and her students are they have to write like a business plan it's like a business mm -hmm. class and they have to they have to come up with a business plan for a clothing line hmm. okay and they're doing judges kind of like shark tank oh cool and then are you and a i judge? want so yeah and i want so bad to be like mr wonderful and just fucking shit on them <laughs> the entire time i'm like it's a stupid ass idea right so and just make I them just feel bad on, and right I, and, I plan on destroying souls on fucking friday so that sounds i i mean it's just slightly above going to multicraft so you need a um like a, a bald mask thing you know how you can get mm -hmm. make yourself give yourself a bald head so you yeah. look like more like him yeah get one of those okay cool i will all right okay um i have this to share what you got hello it's it's wonderful isn't it I can't believe it. So Jared, AKT, put together this book and it's called Live to Print. I almost said live, live to print, but live to print two decades of merch. And you know what blows my fucking mind about that is like, there's a million projects I want to do here and get done. Mm -hmm. Not one of them is to sit down and like fully do an entire book. Look at this shit. And it's fucking awesome too. Oh, I know. Like, you know, what's funny is ours is on ours is on our shop's coffee table because it's that good. Like I'm literally promoting another shop on the fucking. Here's what we need to do. Like we need to like put upstate like fuck this. Yeah, just cross it off. Get, get rid of this bullshit and then put upstate merch. <laughs> I know. I know. It's funny. Yeah, I like it. I love Jared so much. And we go back and forth. We send each other things. And uh, the other day, I think it was in our our chat. It was. I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, he he said that, uh, what was it? Uh, Epiphone did like an activation with them or something and like made a couple custom guitars. And he's like, is, Oh, is he's giving one group? away. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Does anyone want this? Because like, you know, I'll just pay for shipping. And I ended up talking to him and I was like, Dude, I'll totally take that guitar. Like, I'll give it to my son. I just got it like two, three days ago and I gave it wow. to my son. I was like, Hey, here's this. And he was like super stoked on it. So. Is he shredding thank, now? Thank you, Jared. Yeah, he was just fucking like doing sweeps all morning. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he's a... You know what I need to do? I need to be more like Jared. He gives out. He's very generous. He gives... He sends me stuff. He gives, gives. He gives... Lots of branding. Things. We don't have shit. I was I've just... Been asking um, for a shirt Kong hoodie for like, I don't know, 35 years now. So... I want a shirt Kong hoodie. I, I don't even get one. I mean, what are we thinking? So yeah, I just got a fresh. I just got a fresh hoodie while I was in Lake City. What's I it say? Nikki's new uh, branding for Cotton Street. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, it's pretty nice. It's comfy. It looks like a Bella canvas. It's independent. Oh, I thought the white strings, the yeah, white pole strings, an independent one. They're a okay. uh, lightweight hoodie. I specifically, she asked me. She's like. You know, I said I I saw her with one, and I was like, "Hey, I want that hoodie 
She's like, oh, I'm making more. And I was like, can I be that guy who like requests a specific hoodie, not whatever bullshit you were going to put it on? <laughs> and this is the hoodie I asked for. So you're a pain in the ass, but I yes. respect that because you want to wear it. You don't want to just exactly. say, oh, great. I don't want to be like, send me a hoodie it. and then I never wear it. That would suck. Yes. Okay. We have to move on. So are you ready? Hey, shout out to the people who leave a review that actually take the 60 seconds out of their day if to that. share. If that, like 30 seconds, just say show is good. That's all. Right. That's all it takes. And they take that time out of their day to share what the show means to them. And it warms our hearts. And also, more importantly, it provides context so that others can discover this podcast, which hopefully brightens their day. And speaking of, and this is incredibly exciting to me, we got two new reviews this week. Oh, hell yeah. It was bribery, though, but we still got them because right. we said you could win uh, a five gallon of 701. And so here's the thing, though. We couldn't decide which was better. Drew Boss 32 and Chuck Matz both are going to get some 701, a five of 701 from Easy Way. That's how good, it's going to go. Good job. Yeah. That's how it works. And uh, to claim that, though, email me. Andy at shirkong.com. I'm going to need some deets and then we'll get it out to you. He's just trying to steal your information. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get on our spam list. Right. Um, and also, we have a five gallon of 701 going to the best YouTube comment. So let's go. What are we, who's, who's it going to be? So I, how about this? I know, I know. Alex is. Uh, a super generous dude. So here they go. I'm going to read them and we're going to decide. We vote. You get one vote. I get one vote. If it's different, then we rock, paper, scissors. You ready? Mm -hmm. Mine is the one on there. You can find it and read it for me where they say they you don't have to hire family. Yes. Okay. So um, that one is... As someone who is running a second generation family business, I can't stress this enough. You absolutely do not have to hire your family. That's the one. Yeah, because it was it was engaging in what we were talking about. It's, mm. you know, it's part of the episode. So good okay. comment. Which one's yours? And then we're going to rock paper. Okay, because <laughs> you know it's different. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mine is the one about Bippage because... Um, uh, oh, so that here they it discovered what it meant. That one was really right. good too. I forgot about so, that one. He says, I finally got my answer to what Bippage is. I was embarrassed to ask and Google never had the answer. I can't imagine if we Googled Bippage what it would be. Um, but thank you to the person who texted Andy because now I know and realize Google was never going to tell me. Might need to get it added to Urban Dictionary. So that was my favorite one. Ready? The next person who gets it added to Urban Dictionary gets a <laughs> 5 of 701. All right. Ready? Ready? Let me see your both. This is this see, could be I dangerous. See, I can't see your bottom. <laughs> I want to see. Tell your me when you're ready. Here. It's gonna be a minute. Well, maybe twenty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> ready? You need both hands. Both hands, baby. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Hi. Rock. Jesus Christ, this is hard. I can see you go. <laughs> ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You can like uh, see what I'm doing before I do it. All right, I'll I cover lost. you. I win. Okay. Yeah. 
It wasn't cheating. So who was it? Oh, um, yeah. So you won, and that is James Payton, 5651. Send your deeds to Andy. Andy at com. Dot com. It all starts with a screen, and whether it is new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. Check out graphicscreenfashion.com, FFFF. F. F. Rank.com. How many times we do this? And greatfuckingscreens.com. Cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it funner. Their line of eco friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at easyway.com. Easyway. It's the easiest way. I don't know if they meant to do this, but EasyWay had a basketball hoop at the trade show. I saw. Given away. And you can technically say, because they had a little stress ball that they gave everybody, mm. you can say that Easy Way was so good at the Atlantic City show that they gave everyone blue balls. <laughs> I take it they were blue. Yes. What could you, so if you won, what happens when you shoot the, uh, did the most, the highest score wins what? I think it was the most shots in a minute or something. Gets mm. a hug from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was like, I wish I was there. Right. <laughs> um, did you, when you were there, did you see he has a, like a sick new small mm-hmm. reclaim um, mini? No, I shouldn't call it mini, but it's like for yeah. a, a, a shop that if you were doing, let's say 50-ish or something screens a day that. Um, yeah, it saves you from like the stress of scrubbing mm-hmm. and pressure washing. I think he calls it like the HSR-1, like a really terrible name. And so maybe we should be creative. We should name it. Something. Yeah. yeah. How about, about let's do it. So I'm think thinking. Of a, think of a name and put it in the comments of what Alex should name this machine. Yeah. Maybe Dylan's we're gonna, vagina. We're just going to whore for comments. Did you like that? You didn't hear it? I did. I heard it. Yeah. You could just keep putting things in it and it'll get clean. If you or your art department could use some love, then you need to go to 1900hotstuff.com and get in touch with Nick or Lucas. Or Nick or Lucas. At GraphXSource. And in addition to separations, they do DTG files direct to screen output, virtual proofs. And all the things. Yeah, all the things. So, um, including... Great advice. Mm-hmm. He's going to be up in Chicago. I hope yeah. to. Um, which yeah, which say, one, Nick or Lucas? Say hello, Nick. Oh. Maybe both. I I don't know. Hopefully both. Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated, and that's why we love Chromaline. Go to Chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids or contact him on Instagram at the Emulsion Guru, and get the answers you need. Also. Don't sleep on these guys. They have other equipment solutions like the Saudi laser. Yeah, they do. And the Grunig. If your shop is like ours, you are running more and more DTF and you like that? There this time? you go. Yeah, there it is. Screen print transfers. And you need a partner that you can love and trust and get quality transfers fast. Check out yes. Howard Custom Transfers and their full line of options at howardct.com and order a free sample pack of samples. Did you see um, 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 them at AC? 
yeah one their booth was fucking awesome they like mm. did it they redid it it looks great two they said they ran out of sample packs on the first day <laughs> and they had to overnight a whole another batch so people would have them so hell yeah really? people going up and getting sample packs uh also just looking at their stuff was really awesome because one thing we're dealing with right now is we've turned away uh like windbreakers for so long just yeah, because yeah. we hate trying to print them and it's the whole bullshit with it they had some really good water-based transfers that were that look great on windbreakers so i'm about to order a bunch just so i can try out for myself because we keep getting asked for windbreakers and i keep mm-hmm. turning people down so it's a good way to get back into that if we can find a good transfer solution you should make upstate merch windbreakers like first you know to like test them out yeah that's what we're doing your shop oh okay yeah. i'm gonna hit up howardct.com me too i'm gonna do some sure kong ones about time okay. i'll send you one what color you want black like your soul. Today, we are talking with Brendan Stearns from Cape Shark. Fucking cool name. Yeah, it is. In Chatham, Massachusetts. Chatham? Chatham? That's not right. Sure. <laughs> All right. Brandon, 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 Brandon. What's up? What's up, dude? How are you? Good, how are you? Fucking better now that you're here. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm so stoked to be here. Like, Hell yeah. I'm true. <laughs> so how's it going, man? It's going really well. We're just uh, just figuring everything out, you know, getting our brand uh, resituated for the spring and coming out with new stuff, getting that printed, photographed, videoed, um, coming up with collections for our stores to get their order in for the spring. And it's just, it's crazy time. And you're doing all of that. We do. Yeah. I, I pretty much do all the printing. I'm at the warehouse and then Christina, my fiance, she does everything. Um, sends out, she creates what we're doing for the year, all the catalog. She does all the emails to all of our stores. Uh, there's about 35 locations that carry our brand now. So it's awesome. From what I understand, you have a brand that yes. you sell um, merch with, and it's not just at your shop. Like you're, you are at different, I guess, boutiques or how does that work? Yeah. So, um, other, other stores, um, the most we're on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. It's a very beachy mm. community. So there's a lot of mom and pop shops that like to carry local brands and us printing everything ourselves. We, we have the margins that work for other smaller shops that they don't have to buy 24 of our shirts. You know, they can start with a slow amount and we can fill it in as they sell out and they kind of like how that works. And, it's been working for about six years now. We've been doing retail locations other than ours. So it's it's just crazy that it works. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's hard to jump into this like immediately, like as soon as we start talking, but like I guess we're doing it. But like, how do you go about how did you go about anyway getting those uh people to like wholesale your stuff and have so it they came place? to us? We get a, a kind like a nice email saying, Hey, we're this shop and we're interested in carrying your brand. And then we set up a, we have them come to our location or warehouse back in the day when we first started, we have them come to our warehouse. We'd sit with them and we gave them the option to like, let's make a specific item for your store. So if you like that, we're doing this shark on a blue shirt and you want one with on a yellow shirt, we can totally do that for you. That way we can tell our customers to come to you for like specialty little one-off. And they have an exclusive. 
Yeah, exactly. So that really worked for them. And like I said, like us printing it and being in control of it, if they need more next week, we can do it. Um, we could for we didn't have to like forecast with a screen print shop and right, you are the out. screen print shop. Yeah. So that, and that yeah, was kind of different. They, they liked being able to come and see it in action. They liked being able to be like, okay, sweet. Like we're going to see these shirts and we're going to get them in our store. Like this is how the process works is awesome. That's how, how did you go about figuring out your margins? Because obviously when you're selling it at your own store, your markup is completely different than all of a sudden you're selling it to them and then they have to, you know, mark it up. And so how did you, yeah. you know, it's almost like a compromise because there's a couple of brands that I, that we print for and they have, yeah. one of them has four stores in St. Louis and one of them has two stores in St. Louis. Neither of them really, I think one of them tried to to do what you did, you know, and sell their yeah. stuff at, uh, with other people, but it just never worked out because I think it was a, it was a pricing thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't really know how we, we just kind of figured out like, so I'm, I started like when I learned how to screen print, I became good friends with the, the skateboard shop that I bought my first snowboard from or skateboard from years ago. And I started printing for them after they carried my brand and I would get to like, just experiment with pricing with them. They, they would be like, okay, well, we're getting shirts from, you know, X, like these, this Santa Cruz, um, and they sell it to us for like 13 bucks. And I was like, okay, well, if a shirt costs like four and or some, sometimes comfort colors, they're very, they go up and down. It's like a stock market, but sometimes they're $9 each blank for the shirt. And we just go, okay, well, let's add like five or six bucks onto that for our time and stuff like that. And it ends up being affordable for the, it's like pretty much half the price, 50% of what they sell it for. Right. right. And you're just asking for that amount. You're not asking for anything more than that. No. And like, like I said, if they want to do two small, three medium, four large, two XL and one triple X or whatever, just to, just to fill a shelf and see how it goes. We've been like, sure, that's going to be great. We don't mind that. And then they end up doing our whole collection. And it's really fun to see them, their orders get bigger and bigger because it's, they, they trust us and we deliver and it really worked. Now, are they, are they ordering them or are you just putting them on the shelf and see how they do? And then when something sells, you get your cut, they get their cut. No, they order them. We've, we've never done consignment. Um, yeah, we've never, we've always just, they've always just come to us with a, a huge bulk order. Right. But you're letting them do a little order to begin with just to test the water. Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. And is your, are you private labeling them? Like your tag is in there? Um, on most of them, sometimes like comfort colors is like our number one shirt that we use. And people want to see that thick comfort <laughs> colors tag. They trust it, you know, like, mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I always went to the Caribbean with my parents and we'd go to like little tourist shops and they'd be like, oh, you're going to get one wash out of that. You know, don't buy that crap. And it's funny. So, this conversation like gives me PTSD because like that was like one of the biggest topics, like now being on like the guild and board of decorators stuff, like yeah. every time we sit down and have a board meeting and talk about like the topics and like what needs to be changed or whatever, the comfort color tag comes up every time. It's, 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 it's what people want. You know what I mean? Like but the problem is, is it's 50% of the people don't want it. And 50% of the people want it. I think it comes down to, the aesthetic of the brand essentially though too if you're trying to be like that's their argument yeah like super high class and you want to do like a i don't know you want to hide it and do like a supreme i don't know they the they problem is is that, that the people it's not forgiving for the people who want to relabel it 
right? Because it's that canvas tag. And right. it, as soon as you try to cut it out, it makes a mess. I don't bother, yeah. Certain, you know, certain things we, we do, like tank tops, like the Gildan tank tops. Like, those are my favorite tank tops, by the way. Like, they're really... I forget the number. Christina does all my ordering, so I, I haven't done it in a long time. I know she knows all the skews off the top of her head, but yeah, um, just the basic Gildan tank, which was like it's like not really in stock all the time. They they're like the best fit ever. But it's a good, rip that tag out. Yeah, it's a good boxy tank. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, you get like the next level ones. Love next level, but sometimes they're like I don't know, not for the bigger dudes. Maybe yeah. for like a small medium they look great but i feel like that that trend is super in right now anyway it's the more boxy fit and all that stuff yeah. so it definitely it definitely came back like we're getting a lot more customers wanting to use that more gill and basic style tee it, it, it works yeah you know? which is funny too because i feel like they've been transitioning like they still have their classics obviously yeah. and then they went hard into like when they bought all style and the anvil to going with that side but they also went hard into more of the fashion fit stuff so like it's funny that now that I see the rise of the fashion fit stuff and then putting so much time and effort into that that the boxy fit that they had for years is now like the popular item again. Right, it's crazy. Yeah, we I don't and I people like other brands that we've worked with and screen printed for they 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 go looking for shirts to get made and stuff like that and I'm like spend more time on the design, spend more time on colorways, spend more like let leave it to the pros and. You know, right. go to the expos and feel every shirt. That's what we do. You know, we go every, we go to Long Beach every year or we go down to Orlando and we just feel garments. We're like just walking into the booth. We know what we want. We know what we want to go feel. Um, do you like that heavier weight? Like the the uh, comfort colors? I do. I do. It's fun to print. Um, they lay down like water-based. Like that's all we print. So it, it really lays down nicely. Yeah. Um, for the seventeen seventeen is my favorite tee. Yeah, it's like what exactly. I wear every day. Except for the little lint balls, that like you know those, they just come with the, the territory yeah. of it. Yeah, but for sure. I've gotten used to it, you know. And for our um, the brand, the main brand we print for when they order comfort colors, we still retag it, but wow. we just go underneath, you know. So it's like yeah. do there's two tags, so like they still have their branding in there. Right. But they leave the comfort colors in. They don't cut it out or anything like that. They right. leave it because, like you said, people want that. They liked they like the recognition of comfort colors, but then they also get their own label in there. So I don't know. We just right. do it anyway. Do you do that, Dylan? And that's and that's awesome. I totally get. It. We we do it. I have like that's what my manual press is pretty much just set up for. It's like little neck tags mm. now. It's like a. That's pretty much all I use that machine for. I have a rapid tag, but the big one, um, and it has like the little neck plates I could use. I just don't, I mean, we are hundred percent water-based so that gets blasted right through the shirt. And yeah. uh, where we, that's, that's pretty much why we, and it's funny, me and Chris had this debate when we were, when I went to his shop before Atlantic city is he was like, Oh, this is where our rabbit tags are. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, dude, I got rid of all the rabbit tags. Like <laughs> I've had this internal debate for so long of like, oh do I well, screen print the tags or do I do transfers for the tags? And yeah, the the rapid tag makes sense when you're doing bulk amounts, but it's also <laughs> like, like like Chris said, I was like, yeah, but sometimes I have issues with like different inks or, or whatever. Like we had our like three buckets specifically to be like these are tag gray, tag mid gray, and you know white or whatever. And we would still have issues of like 
it not looking good or not clearing or the flash burning a shirt or it going through or whatever. And and then you also had to make all the screens and everything. And I was just like, you know what? Like, this is such a fucking hassle. Like, you know, what's easier and more streamlined and it actually gets done on time is if I just have them order uh, DTF neck labels when sure. they put in the artwork for the actual order. So when we get them, it's like well before turnaround. And then I just have someone heat press them all now on the the air heat 11, press. That's, Eleven seconds, like I get it. <laughs> it's just like, and it's it's cleaner. You could do a full color tag. Like yeah, everything sure. comes out, all the detail. It's just like, it just it's. I'm at that point, and me and Andy had this discussion a little while ago, where it's like, just stop fucking around. Like, yeah. just do what works and what makes the most sense, and has less errors and issues. When you open like a pair of like Lululemon pants or like you, those look like that's like a nice DTF transfer for sure. Cause like that, there's no way you can even see like the black, you know, like yeah. adhesive around or like the clear adhesive around the lettering sometimes. And then yeah. and it's awesome. It works for certain applications. I bought my rapid tag strictly for um, tote bags. We give mm. out canvas tote bags to every customer. Um, they're very expensive, but we just do it because they, you got work. the big pallets on there. Yeah, the 13 and a half inch boards on it. So I was tearing down my rock every day to put down kids' boards to do bags in the middle of a 200 piece hoodie order. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. A so dedicated machine. Yeah. And like, I've looked around, I, I begged Rock to make something. I looked at MR. I was like, please, like, make something other than Rapid Tag because. I, I go to all the expos. I look at how they're made. I look at the adjustments that you have to do on the machine and making an adjustment on the rapid tag is just like making an adjustment on a watch, like setting it's that little dial. Yeah. yeah. Hate it. And like, it's not precise. You know, once it's dialed in, it's great. I guess. Are you but doing a multicolor print on the tote bag? No, I mean, I can, I have, but it's a, it's a two color, two flash. Okay. But um, I had them custom make me a roller for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's you should have seen what I got in the mail. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was it was the worst thing ever. It was like pretty much like a uh, uh, paper towel holder on okay. a, a wooden towel, and it like snapped in half the second I put it on. Like I don't know, I called them and I was like, "What the hell?" They were like, "They mailed that to you like that?" I was like, "Yeah, I guess." Like, <laughs> what was your strategy behind the roller? What were you going to do with it? I was just um, I have a roller for head one, uh, an action engineering roller on the rock. And I like that because when I'm doing canvas tote bags, you're loading them. They, they print really fast. So I would load it and then it would flatten it really, like really nice for me. And then that just, I'd get such clean prints. I wouldn't have to like, you know, pat down the bag right. and it really did a good job on my rock. So I was like, I need something to do that. And it just, the rapid tag is okay. It's just, I only use it for bags that I give away for free. Yeah. I would tell anybody to look look for other options. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Yeah, they mailed mine. It printed backwards. It was printing towards the machine, and they were like, "No, that's your fault." I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, right? How does that work? Yeah, but they said I had to send it back to California, and so I had to send it across the country. And wonderful, I got it back. But whatever, it's it works for what I need. I mean, and that's the, I guess, that, like you said, you just got to kind of get to business on certain things and. Yeah, like ours were great. It's just one of those things. Like, I could, I got it to work. It's not that it didn't work. I just yeah. had our own. Like, what's our, what's the best flow for here? And it ended up being, it ended up being, you know, because because I was the one who was running the rapid tech. Like, no one out there really knew how to run it. 
because I, a, I didn't really train anybody on it. So like when tags had to get done, I just like looked at the schedule and I was like, Oh shit, I got to go out. Someone's got to coat the rabbit tag screen. Someone's got to burn them and set it up and everything. And it was just like, we could have pre-cut fucking tags here where anybody in the shop can go out and just press them. Yeah. So it, it's just, I, like I said, I don't have anything against the machine. It worked great. I sold to Tony. He's got yeah. like fucking four of them now. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's just, it, it wasn't the move for me. So I think I, I had mine too customized. I had them like go nuts with it. I had them build pretty much a mini rock. I had to put lasers on it, a foot pedal. I had them make it so it hold 20 by 24 inch screens. <laughs> Um, because yeah. yours I, is basically a tiny, like full on auto. Yeah. And then I had them because I told them like, listen, I have this, I don't really print manual anymore, but I have a couple hundred screens that are, they're all like reclaimable. And if I bought a rock, they could fit for what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, we'll make it fit. Thomas over there was like, we'll make this work. I'll, I'll even get it painted white for you to match your dryer or whatever. That's so they funny. painted it white, black flashes, and then when I wanted to return it because it didn't work, they're like, you customized it. So it's non-refundable. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I made it work and it, it works great. I really, it works great for me now. It, it's just, I do it for single color bags and I don't have to stop what I'm doing. I have any, we have girls at our store 20 minutes down the road. When they want to switch it up, they come to the warehouse and print a case of bags and it, it works fine. The prints are clean. It's all water-based. It works on the 20 by 24 inch screens and, Nice. Yeah. Let's step back because we hopped in fucking hard sure. right off the bat. <laughs> um, so you were a photographer at first? I was. So when I was in high school, I was always going to metal shows and like living on Cape Cod where an hour and a half from Boston or three hours from like, you know, like or two and a half hours from Worcester um, where we'd be all like the metal shows and horror movie conventions and all this stuff. Um, I would go up you know, twice a week or every weekend go up to see all these metal shows. And I was, um, front row one night for like this, this band. And I started, I saw this photographer, you know, just waiting between a set. And I was like, Hey, like, Hey, I want to do this. How do I do this? He turned around, gave me his guitar pick and it had his MySpace info on it. And I went home that night. Like I got home at like one in the morning, sat on MySpace, sent them a message like, Hey, met you earlier at the show. Really awesome. What you do. He sent me an email. Can you be in New York tomorrow to help me be my assistant? And I was like, no shit. So he's a very big photographer. His name is Jeremy Saffer. He's a very big photographer in New England or California. He's does all like the like magazines and whatnot. But I would, you know, go up to New York with him. We hung out with Black Dahlia Murder for three days and I was, I didn't even know who they were. We're sitting at Taco Bell and I'm like eating with them and, the drummer Shannon at the time was uh, his roommate. So they were just like best friends. And later that night I saw them live and I was like, holy shit. Like, so since <laughs> 2007 or nine, they've been like my favorite band. Yeah. And, uh, Good connection. Like, Damn. So I started doing that and I started uh, talking to other bands when I was, all these other bands were growing up and I would shoot warp tour every year and uh, just started making connections and, Stage managers at Warped Tour are the same every single year. So if you made friends with Junior on the main stage, he knew you the next year. And so all the photographers get the first three songs in the front. He would let me go on stage, just shoot every band I wanted to. And it was just really fun back in the day. And I, I learned marketing from that. 
And like, yeah. How did that, I was always curious, how did that, how does that work? Do you just like shoot them and then do you pitch photos to the band? Yeah, exactly. Or you so just... you pitch to the publicist and you hope it, they take your art. I mean, they hope, they hope you, uh, you get like a, a publication in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, alternative press was huge at that time. Right. And it quickly died out like the concert photography thing when like Instagram came in. Um, photos were instantly sent to the bands from right. the pit or, you know, it's just, it was fun while it lasted, but it wasn't like everything. It was just yeah. more like, it was more like a hobby. Um, it's a fun hobby though. It is. It is. I, you know, didn't pay for concerts for like seven years. Always had like backdoor access and got to watch sound checks, just hang around all day. And, but so being what, that, I was going to say, um, what were some of the marketing stuff that you got from that? So going to Warped Tour every year, um, I'd see the rows of tents of advertisement, like all the, you know, Kia cars or, you know, um, Census Fails tent. They had like all this crazy merch. And I was like, you can see what from like a mile away, you can see what band is over there because of their tent. And I remember if I ever started something, I was like, that's what you got to do. You got to get a tent. You got to like promote yourself and you got to travel. You got to be kind of like a circus and break things down and set things up and just have good, just have people know you're there. Yeah. And um, when I started Cape Shark, we did a, a couple of pop-ups at like breweries and stuff. And the first thing we I did was invest in a tent. And that way this legitimized your company. I didn't care what it cost. It was like a thousand bucks to figure it out, like with sidewalls and all that. I made that a priority over everything. Yeah. And it's hard to compete with brick and mortar locations. So if you can just set up a tent and everyone instantly knows what you are and what you're selling, you're, you're good, I think. So that's what I did. Um, but back to when I was a photographer at like Warp Tours and stuff, I made a sticker. Um, just my name is Brendan Stearns. And I made a sticker, Brendan Stearns Photography. And I had my website on it. Jeremy Saffer, the photographer, was like, don't make a stupid like website like Cape Cod photographer or something like that make it your name make it so people know who you are so i did that i went around to like i was backstage i went up to like everybody um and i gave them my sticker and like matt skiba from like blink or whatever uh everyone was like yeah everyone was like wearing it on their left chest while they went like they would put it on me i'd take a photo with them and then they leave it on and go play and i was like this is epic like this is pretty sick so I saw something that like, it was always just, I was always eager to just like run around and like plant my name on something. When I was in high school, just write my stupid nickname on every little book and just, you know, a teacher would be like, if I see your name on one more thing, you're out of here. And I'd be like, whatever. Like I was, I I hated school and like, yeah, just had fun, like going to concerts on weekend and like making a name for myself, hanging out with like bands that we look up to. That was pretty much me in high school. I would skip all the time and I lost my license when i was 16 for your driver's like, license yeah i was doing like 80 and a 30 yep. and it was a school zone so <laughs> they doubled the ticket so it was like doing like 140 160 yeah. and 30 oh, so they immediately took my license and then i fought it because i had a job and they gave me a restricted license gotcha. where i could only drive to school and work as soon as i got out of school i would drive three hours to rochester to watch <laughs> yeah. a show 
Exactly. And I would drive everywhere. And then like, I never got pulled over luckily, but like my, my thing was to always be like, Oh, I'm like, I'm headed to work. It's like, you're fucking three hours away. There's no way you're going to say photography. Like was a band. Right. (laughs) But I think about those days before I was in a band where I was just constantly, me and my friends were like, there's gotta be a show tonight. And it was like the every night it was like, where are we going? It's like all over the Northeast. We were just drive to shows. Yep. I used to go to my favorite, uh, venue I, I don't know if it's close to you dylan it's uh northern lights mm-hmm. that close to you so we used to shoot oh my god so like when jeremy and i would go up to we'd shoot black dahlia murder there under oath a bunch of times um you name it we shot them all there awesome. it, it was like a really cool venue it's so small and i mean yeah. i don't know if it's still open it's been years yeah i haven't been there in a long time i don't know if it's there or not so three things. One, I also lost my license in high school. I was doing, so it was Christmas prom and I was driving and there was a thousand kids in my mom's car and it had snowed really lightly. And I came to this T intersection and um, I thought I would be really cool if I like spun the back around, you know, because we, oh, we passed the house we were going to, we passed the um, party and we yeah. were like, oh shit. And so I had to do a Yui. And it was at a T intersection and there was some headlights like way the fuck off in the distance. And I was like, I were, I'm good. And I do it in the, and I whip it the back end around and then it got lit up. There's a fucking cop and he gave me a uh, reckless driving and reckless driving is like, you're done when you're like a criminal ticket, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I was over. And so I lost my license also, which really, really sucked. But I also wanted to say, um, back to that thing about you being a photographer and then that sort of went away because of Instagram or, or whatever else, isn't it yeah. the craziest thing to think that, um, because not too long ago, nobody had cameras when they went to shows like, or if you yeah. did, it was like this point and shoot or whatever. And now here we have like this phone and I have, I have three fucking lenses on my and then phone. two on the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. what the hell? And then I can just go I like know. this and I, not just a picture. I could take video and, and do whatever. Yeah. And it's all in my hands. And then the third thing I was going to say, because you were talking about stickers, Dylan, did you see, and you might've saw this too, I don't know, but did you see Scott on his, on King Screen's um, Instagram? I think it was his Instagram. He, he had a, um, he was walking by a custom ink sticker and then he took his sticker and he put it on top. Did you see that one? I didn't see that, but that's awesome. (laughs) I always have try to, I try to keep stickers on me um, all the time too, not just to, you know, stick on things or whatever if I'm out, but also to hand and like to trade or to hand out or it's almost like a business card, you know, now. It is for sure. I think every, like my number one advice to everybody starting a brand is just go nuts with stickers at first. If you have a design and you're like, just they order one sticker, throw five in that envelope when you're mailing it out. Like they're only sticking your brand on more things. And, and they they're cheap too. On like what they stick it on. Cause they got a whole bunch of them. They're going to put them everywhere. And like, yeah, yeah. I used to be like, man, like I got to think about how do I start like a virus? You know what I mean? And like, how do you start like a plague or something and just sneeze on everything, but <laughs> just yeah. stickers and like stickers are awesome. I love stickers. I've been obsessed with them my whole life. I've always collected them. Um, Warp tour days back as a kid, I would just go to every single booth. I would be like trick or treat for free stickers. And I'd get home and be like, what? And give the ones I didn't like to my friends or yep. Oh, it was so fun. So very, very that. same. Yeah, I have a million stickers and I used to do a sticker swap, which I'm always open to do if somebody wants to send me a sticker, I'll send you a sticker. 
Um, but like our shop doors, like everything of mine, like my fucking water bottles, like exactly. everything is covered in stickers. Exactly. Um, our bumper I, on our work van, I sanded, repainted, and fully covered in stickers so it wouldn't rust again. That's perfect. And it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For some so reason, I, I think that on the that van, you have the sticker that is something, how does it go? It's like, my kid beat up your like honor roll student kid or whatever. Yeah. You have that so, sticker, don't you? It's so cool. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, that's just a way to do it. We when we test out new like new ideas for like shirts and stuff, I was like, all right, let's do a sticker first and we'll introduce that logo with current orders. Like we'll throw our new sticker, new design in with their order so they can just if we get feedback from anybody, we love it. You know what I mean? So What's some other marketing things you do when like freebies to customers? Is it just um, stickers? You do the bag. Yeah. We'd also do, we throw in like random stuff. So um, koozies, we just been starting to do, I ordered a bunch of them. Um, I figured it's, it's cheaper to order koozies than print them. Uh, That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's weird. To, ordering I don't know how, but for like cents. Mm-hmm. We tell customers that straight up. Like they're like, Oh, do you guys print koozies too? I'm like, I could, but honestly you can get order them printed like, both sides, fucking bottom, everything yep. cheaper than what you get. I'm going to do them for. Yeah. So that's what we do. And I'm like, I just, I'm like, we're not for me. Like, I just like, whatever, just throw them all, get a whole box of them, keep them next to the shipping department. Someone buys a shirt, throw two of them in there. So they give one to their friend. I always do that. Right. Um, we do parades. So our living on Cape, there's 15 towns. And I think like we're in Chatham. So there's a huge parade on the 4th of July. And then it was just like 20,000 people, like, like just fill in this tiny little main street mile, like road where you can't even see the road anymore. And we do that. We throw out like a hundred shirts, a couple thousand stickers. That's, we go, we go nuts. And that's uh, good though. Well, everyone knows who you are in town. Yeah. It's fun. It's like for us, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get 2000 stickers here and just give every single one of them out. And we get all of our friends and t-shirts. We throw out t-shirts because I don't know. It's just, for me, it's really fun. That's like satisfying to see people want something you've made. I don't care yeah. what it costs at that point. Like it's really fun. Now, like, one thing I've always thought about and wondered, and especially with me trying out the tea club thing, uh, it seems like you use a lot of just like your logo or the company name. Like there yeah. might not even be a design involved. It just says, you know, your your branding basically now, have you done that from the beginning do you get good reception from that do people buy it just because of the branding and the name or is it something where value you're just too. like this is just what i'm gonna do i think it's like value i think everything like we don't overprice our sweatshirts and t-shirts like you know you can go and find you know shirts or sweatshirts that cost 80 dollars and it's an independent sweatshirt with a left chest in the back with white ink and that's not worth 80 bucks to me charge 50 yeah. bucks or 55 bucks when they order it, give them four stickers, a koozie, just they, they're like, Whoa, like, this is awesome. Like they're actually getting, like when I get stuff, I order a bunch of horror movie t-shirts. If I get like a pack of stickers with it for free, I'm like, they're my new favorite thing ever. Like exactly. Yeah. It's so fun. And, um, we've had that know, discussion I, on here too, before where it's like you order something from somebody, like even if it's one t-shirt, and you open up the bag. The first thing I do when I pull the shirt out is where's the extras? Exactly. You know I mean? look at like the I want the enamel pin. I want the stickers, even a postcard Absolutely. that's like handwritten or whatever. 
and I don't fucking have it over here, but like one of my new favorite lines is Holy Smokes in Buffalo. That's awesome. And like I have a bunch of his stuff and like I got something the other day and like I got like four shirts and I opened the bag. It had a whole, it had a sticker pack in it. It had uh like a logoed uh like postcard, but the back was all handwritten, like thanks, Dylan, super appreciate it, blah blah blah, like all handwritten. Yeah, it's just like shit like that. You look at and you're like, I'm keeping this. I'm putting this here. Like, exactly. you know, it's fucking that I feel like is m- almost as important as the actual shirts in the bag. Sure. For sure. And like, you don't see big companies doing that anymore. Um, I, I think our company is pretty young still. So we're always trying to like, we're not, we don't ever feel like we made it or got somewhere. We're always, I still think of this as nothing. You know, a lot of people are like, Oh, Cape truck is like this and that. I'm like, what? Like it's still to me, just a little idea in my head that, yeah it's keep it's working for us. And I mean, we just, we just don't stop working every day. We made it our lives. Yeah. Uh, the we, thing is too, with those postcards and the handwritten thing, it got, I saved it because it got me thinking, cause we're doing some new stuff with outbound sales and stuff this year is why don't I just order like different postcards and give a stack to each customer service or salesperson. So when they close that order, they handwrite something and then it goes out to shipping, receiving, so it goes in that box because what we do is we when stuff comes in, we count it and we put it in the box with with and in the bottom of the box when he puts it back in is our like envelope that has like stickers and the thank you card and all that stuff in it. And he already like has the weights, dimensions and the shipping label put on the box. So when they finish printing the order, they just tape the box up, put it by the door. It's ready to go. So that's the thing is we could easily just take these things, give them to Chris who does shipping, receiving and just be like, put these with the appropriate orders. So that like every customer gets a handwritten, like, thank you, no, or we appreciate you, or, you know, your order fucking sucked to print. Don't, don't come back ever again. They don't want to spend the extra, like they're buying a shirt from us. Like, I know they sell stickers, but like, I just, I I just want to get their new shirt. We throw that new sticker in there with it too. Just, we we didn't see them place the order. I just want them to have it, you know, like. It's worth the 50 cents or whatever it is. And you're blowing their socks off. And yeah. use good stickers. That's the number one thing too. Like make sure your stickers have like a UV coating on it. Mm. You know, I, I've always steered away from like the crazy Instagram deals that are like a thousand stickers for 10 bucks. Like those can't right. be good. And you know, I've, I've gotten some in and they, they've just faded and they're just a white square after a while. And I'm like, this is crap. Or the, yeah. The worst thing is like when you put a sticker on a car, cause people are proud to have it. And then you yep. see it and it's like ultra faded or it's cracked to fucking back or it's yeah, half peeled off. Yeah. They're going to be pissed. You ruin their car. Right. <laughs> it's it, like, just, it just makes you look bad. Yeah. It makes you look cheap. And we see a lot of that. We see a lot of like these stickers and I'm like, Oh man, if they only spend like 70 more cents a piece on them, like they're right. not, I mean, I spend a lot of money on stickers. We do the back printing and stuff like that. And it's, it's a lot. Um, but I love doing it. Sometimes you don't even, you don't, I, I mean, we order a thousand of them and like, just, you don't even, you might not even make profit on them, but I just want them to be there. Right. You um, just want your brain to be out there. different stickers. I feel like we offer, I think there's 91 in our store right now that you can go and choose from all the different colors. It's a little crazy, but I don't know. But it's I good just, to have all that. The other yeah, thing too with that is, is like, realistically, I try to think about it as like each order, not necessarily like. Oh, I just spent $2,000 on a batch of stickers or I spent eight grand on custom boxes because I look at it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I paid that. But realistically to that customer who just spent a thousand dollars on their shirt order, 
it's a three dollar box right like what's three bucks out of their thousand dollars like to get like a nice custom box that's like and they get a baggie in there with stickers and all sort of stuff it's like okay cool i spent a total of five dollars to brand myself to this person exactly like we brand our boxes um only to like so the paper store which is owned by hallmark they just started carrying us like over a year ago and it's been like awesome so we they do like, you know, huge orders. So we just make sure that the boxes are all legit. When we, I drop them off like four hour drive away, I rent a U-Haul for the day. And I don't, I just make sure they all look uniform. The boxes have to be weighed, counted. They have to have like a, a, a license plate number on each box. And it just looks uniform when we print them. They're That's pain awesome. in the ass, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. So back to um, the Warp Tour stuff. Did you, you did the photography thing. What happened after that? So as I got, I, I did the photography thing that I was working well. And then until the Instagram and all that kind of fizzled it out, I stayed back on Cape and I started working at my parents' bakery from like in the middle of high school up until my late twenties. But, um, when I wasn't shooting bands anymore, I started like taking photos of houses. So I was, I got, um, I was on payroll for a local like real estate uh, photography. Real estate, yeah. So I was just shooting houses all the time. And I really loved it. It's just I got to use my wide angle all the time. I was in like weird little corners of rooms, making rooms look really bright. And then I found out drones were coming. They were being invented. So I got myself on a waiting list from like DJI. I was like the first guy on Cape with a a Phantom Pro, whatever, big white drone. And I started shooting every house available i became like the new plane over every little house that was in my back pocket That's funny a really good friend of mine like really close friend sam uh she that's all that's what she does for a living is real estate photography and seeing what she does and seeing how like it's it's a no fucking brainer like you should definitely hire someone that's a real estate photographer to take pictures of your house. If you're trying to sell it because it's night and day difference. Like it makes people want to buy that house. Cause that's the first yeah. thing people do is they go online or Zillow or whatever. And they look at the pictures of the house. Exactly. And if you can like showcasing it and making it look beautiful and getting actual shots of the whole room, not like one corner where the couch is yeah. and like your shitty yeah. stuff. Like it's mind blowing that, that did you that find ain't. though, did you find that, doing that you know so you you love photography you have this passion for photography and then now you're doing real estate photography did that kill that passion like did it crush no, it in a sense no you know, because, because you're doing it for money no yeah well i was i had all this equipment i had like i i was always like when you're taking photos of anything bands still photography like i always loved lighting buying appropriate soft boxes and all the lights i could use when i stopped shooting bands I was like, okay, well, I'm not utilizing this stuff anymore. I can, like, what do I do with it? Well, I started shooting houses. I would get creative. I would light up certain angles of the room. I would go at sunset, put, you know, wireless lights behind bushes and light it up. I would, it just, I got to use all my gear again and, you know, tripod and stuff like that. It was really fun. I would bring fake log, like real logs with me and put it in the fireplaces and set them, just really set the mood of the whole place and, I got to be creative again. Uh, bands like metal bands, they wanted to look dark and angry. So with editing and stuff like that, you could do that with housing and with all the house photography, you want to make it look bright and livable. So I would do that. And like, it was kind of fun. 
and I got to do it in my backyard. We live on an island, so every house is just beautiful. And it was just easy, um, easy money. But then I started so, screen printing. I was going to say, like, so how did you get into screen printing after that? So I did the photography thing for houses, like a side hustle. Um, just working at the bakery. My parents owned a, a pie shop. They still own it. They, um, they had me. I was like doing like the hiring, the firing, all that. It was a front counter help all day, every day, um, 5am deliveries from the, the flower companies. I'd be, I lived in the garage apartment behind the bakery. So there was like a two car garage under my bed that was just bags of flour and sugar. And twice a week I'd hear the garage open up. And then I would like put my clothes on like a firefighter, run down the stairs, throw all these bags of flour over my head and, um, just work all day. And then I started the Cape shark. My parents bought a boat tiny little 18 foot boat. Um, they were like, we need, we need some sort of lettering on this. We should get it named something. And I was smoking a bunch of weed. I just started smoking. I was like 26 that's how, or something. That's how every 20. good story starts. Listen, <laughs> hear me out. I was smoking a bunch of weed. <laughs> so my parents were like, what do we name the boat? And I was like, freshly baked. Like that's going to be perfect. Right. So um, the guy, the, the dealership who sold in this little boat, he was like, I have a girl. She makes stickers. Um, she'll, she'll come to your house for like 300 bucks. She'll put like an 18 inch sticker on the, each side with your custom registration numbers. And I was like, sick. She came in a van and she drove like three hours. She said she had a vinyl cutter in the back of her van. And I was like, oh shit. Like that's how she did it. She sprayed it, put it on the boat, was gone in 10 minutes. And I was like, mom, I need, she's here with the invoice. <laughs> it's been like 10 minutes. Like and we paid her like I don't know, 350 or something like that. And I was like, Oh my God, like that's good money. Like what machine is this? I love stickers. Right. So I found like um, a sticker machine, like a vinyl cutter. And then it was 420. And I was sitting on my bed, just like messing around with Cape Cod and a shark and just like, you know, drawing queer, like crazy stuff. And I came up with this logo and I was like, Hey, I'm going to put this on the boat. It's just the Cape shark logo. And uh, my parents were like, sure, that's great. So I put it on the boat and then I made like a small one just to see what it would look like at four inch scale. Cause the one I made was like pretty big. Yeah. Um, I made a small one and I stuck it on the front door of the bakery. Like every time someone walked in this little tiny bakery, they had to open a glass door, the storm door. And, um, I actually ended up like after a month of making that first sticker, I ended up doing a whole row of all the same sticker, but all different colors. And people would come in the door and be like, what is that? What is that? And I was like, Oh, it's a sticker I made. I'll, you know, some for three bucks. And they got to flip through a little book that I had on a little binder um, that I left behind the register. And I trained all the staff to how to sell them. And there was a little button in the register for like three bucks. And every week my dad was like, wow, you made like 190 bucks. Whoa, you made 200 bucks. Whoa, you did 300 bucks. Like, this is getting crazy. Like, I'm going to have a crazy, like end of the year statement. Like, you got to figure this out. Right. So I figured it out. I was like, I'm was it that logo that you have on your shirt? Yeah. So I just kept it on the front of the door and people kept asking me and like, I'd have all these older guys, can you make a, a dat, like a hat? with the, with a stitch out of it. And I was like, I'll figure it out. Like, or you should do a shirt. That's a great, I, that's a great design. That's a great design. I was like, okay. Like I'll figure that out. 
for two years, I just did stickers and like, I just ordered, you know, vinyl and I was just plucking them all and hand doing everything. And I still do that. Um, but like, but, uh, I was like, I'm going to fi- figure out how to get this printed. So I went to where my parents got their shirts made for the bakery, which was a town over. And I go there and this guy was so cool. He's like an older guy named Greg. He used to, uh, used to be called windscreens in Orleans. And, um, I would go there and we just talk Jeeps. I always had a Wrangler. So he was always like, I love Jeeps. And he would come out and just shoot the shit for like a couple hours with me. And I did an order with him. It was, um, Gildan tank tops and then Gildan t-shirts. We did black shirt with white ink and then a ash tank top with mint ink. And he's like, these are going to sell like crazy. Like, this is awesome. Like cool design. I was like, sweet, sweet. But I was paying like, I think $11 a piece for them. Mm-hmm. And when I got them, I was like, Hey, they're for sale to my friends. And they, they were like, just give me one. So I ended up giving them all away. And awesome. after realizing that thousand dollars didn't really get me anywhere yeah. or the $1,200 order, whatever it was, it, I was like, okay, this is not sustainable. Like I can't, this isn't going to work. Like, I can't keep coughing up money to see what red ink would look like on a white shirt. You know, I, I couldn't, I don't know how this is going to work. So I went on YouTube and I watched like cat spit videos and all these like random, random videos. I ended up with this press that I bought called the merch maker. It's, um, never heard of that single, one. Yeah. Have you, what well, you have or no? I haven't heard the merch maker. It's, um, it's, fucking it's awesome, pretty though. awesome. It was, it suckered me in. It was like the company, like, they, I don't know if they still exist, but it was like a single color press, but each screen had like a little block welded on it. So you could like make a multicolor sh- like design, put it in the press, slide it over, lock it in, and it would register. Um, it came with an exposure unit that you would put over the screen, use a bungee to like tighten it down. It was weird. Like, it was like a light box that you put upside down in the screen. And um, I still have the squeak, the, the bungee holds my front door open at my warehouse every day <laughs> that I came with. But uh, I bought that for like 600 bucks and I was laying shirt. I was doing it in the garage below my bed at the bakery. Um, so I was printing shirts and hanging them over bags of flour to dry. I'll go to AC Moore and just buy the whole shelf. I'll go to AC Moore or Michaels, whichever one was competing that week for a cheaper shirt, um, figuring it out. I washed like 20 shirts and they all washed out. Mm. And I was like, fuck, like, okay. Like this is not good. It was plastisol too. And like, I tried like that. Like my first day was just plastisol. I think it was Wilflex or white or something weird. So you're saying you and, were printing them and just thinking they were going to air dry. Yeah. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. I thought that it would, you know, who knew? <laughs> you know? And, and then I would, t- they would, I thought they had this air dry, you know? And then the next video I watched, I'd go upstairs and be like, okay, I think I need to get heat. So I bought a, a little heat press, like a China, a little black one. Everyone has it. I think when they first start, when you get off eBay mm-hmm. and it worked, it, it started, the shirts would start smoking and they started you know, doing their thing. I just didn't like, I don't know if it was my off contact. It made like a, a moon, like a crater of the ink. Like it was very like, felt like Linex after I lifted up the screen and just like, I think I was just jamming it too hard or whatever. So I bought Comet White from Ryanette after like, they just boosted some video for that. 
I so that was your that first water base. Yeah, so I switched to water based immediately. I after that one day of plastisol, I was like, I just don't like this. It's really thick. It takes forever to dry under this little flash because it was. It so takes thin. forever to dry over a bag of flour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like who knew, you know? And like, I mean, I think I skipped a step when I was building, making screens for the first time. It was like snowing out, and I would, and it was like kind of bright, so I would run around and get all the cardboard boxes and cover all the windows thinking I had to be in like a dark, dark black room. I was, um, it was winter. So we had snow on the ground. My dad shut off the water in the garage that goes to like a hose. So I had to ask him to turn it on, use the pressure washer, blowing emulsion all over the side of this white barn. Like it was a whole thing, but I, I eventually figured it out. It all just like, you know, I would like get defeated and I would just go upstairs and watch another video. You know, I just kept at it. I never, right. never stopped really just kind of like, how can I, how can I get a sharper image? And I was, I felt like I was always good at making screens that like, they were always crisp. Um, they always, they never really broke down. What, uh, what's going on at this point with your job and your family and stuff? Cause you're kind of helping so, the family business. Yeah. So I'm in, the, I'm, most of my days I was in the, I was like working in the bakery and then I would get really excited and I'd be like, okay, it's three o'clock. The bakery's kind of slow. I'm here till seven. I'm going to, you know, go print some shirts. So I was working with another woman at the time. She, I was like, can you hold down the, the register for a couple hours? I'm going to print some shirts. And I was printing out in the garage and she would be like, Hey, someone payrolls needs to know if they can drop off. I'd be like, Oh, I'll run in. I ran back out the garage, the screen's dry. I'm like, Oh my God, this is terrible. So my parents didn't really understand what I was doing. They were just like, Oh, he's doing some, something in the garage. I was always messing around with either cars, jeeps, or just screwing around in the garage. So I didn't really know what I was doing until I, I went into an industrial park, um, about a mile down the road from me. And I just drove in there. And I drove in and I saw this brand new unit and it was like call to rent. So I called this number and this really awesome guy answered. And he was like, yeah, I can meet you at the, the warehouse tomorrow. And I made a time, I met him up and he was like, this is going to be great. I think rent will just be like a thousand bucks a month in here. It's a thousand square foot unit. Um, you have, you can do whatever you want. It's brand new white walls. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I moved. My parents were like, this is cool. Like, I, it, it's pretty good for you. Like, they were supportive. They were like, this is awesome. I see what you're doing. This is going to work. And soon after that, I was just finding myself to be at that warehouse. I'd, I'd go there at four or five in the morning because I had to be at the bakery by six. And I'd be like, oh shit, it's almost six. I got to go. And I'd get in my car go work all day and then go just print all night. And then it, they soon got kind of annoyed. You know, you're putting that first, you're right. putting everything else, you're putting us on the back burner and da, 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 da. And then I was, I, it became, I think it was 2000. Yeah. 2017. I, I, I just quit the job. I quit working for them. I was like, this is just too much. Like, so you went from, you went from buying shirts from the other dude and giving one away to your friends when did it transition into people were interested or coming to you to buy the shirts i think like i, I was very adamant at first like i had people wanting me to print theirs i was you know the, our local garbage guy that picked up from the bakery was like oh i heard you're printing shirts 
your shirts, you should print our shirts. And I was like, no way. Like, I don't want to mess that up. And it was an easy single color. I would do it all day now, but um, I was like, no way. Like I'm not doing that. But it was, it wasn't until I moved into this thousand square foot warehouse where it kind of legitimized me. It kind of, it gave somebody to come see what I was doing. But at the same time, I had nothing in there other than like a folding table, a vinyl cutter, my MacBook Pro, and just a single tabletop press. But I didn't have anybody there other than like my friends, like for like a good, for a good like seven months before I was getting the place prepped. It wasn't long after I got in there where I was like, this press that I have isn't going to like, that's not working. I need a real press now. It's like, I'm in a real building. I need to get legit. I need a conveyor dryer. I need everything under the sun. I need a proper washout booth. So I um, called up Ryan at ordered a Riley Hopkins four color six. Uh, no, yeah, four by four. Um, got that. Got the Riley cured longer dryer. Ryan at walkout booth. Just like went to town. Like that's after I got that, I was really confident. I was like, all right, let's do pop ups. So I didn't have a store yet. So we did pop-ups every, like, almost not every weekend, but anyone that we could, we would just Are go. Are you doing pop-ups at, like, what was your go-to? What were you looking for? We would for? do, like, um, local um, craft fairs. You know, there's there was only so many a year, but we made sure to do, there's, like, th- there was, like, a winter edition, a summer edition. and like I always wondered if those would be worth it, like. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, we. And then restaurants too. Like we would set up in the back of restaurants on Friday and Saturday nights. Like restaurants were like, Hey, this is awesome. Like you guys are, have a cool Instagram. And I think it would be really cool if you guys promote us and we'll promote you and da, 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 da. So we made sure to just like print all these like crazy designs and then go pack them up and then sell them. And that really worked for us. That, that really got us like on the map on Cape Cod, just like, we were always just popping up and just doing, you know, kept it small at the warehouse and then did pop-ups randomly. And we would, you know, boost it all and bring, we uh, had like uh, crazy wheels that we would spin for prizes. I mean, all that kind of stuff. We just, I went with it. I just, it was a perfect opportunity just like for these people to get something they haven't seen before locally. So. What motivated you more the having that space I and mean, if you were official like you had this space or being all in you know not working at the bakery anymore you're all in and you have to really do this like there's this is your full-time gig and you have to do it to to make money you know and so what yeah which was it or was it a combination of both i think it was a combination of both it was both well i financed like the six thousand dollar press and like the dryer or whatever so I, I was like, I have no option. Like this is, I feel like that was also like a good way to get serious with what you're doing. Like go buy a bunch of tools that you need, even if you have to like go into debt for it and just figure out a way to pay for it, figure it out. Do you go knocking on doors? If you, if you can't make the payment, figure it out. Like, so I did all that. I, I mean, we went up and down. I used to call it Tommy boying it up and down the main road. So up and there's a main road on Cape Cod called route 28 and it's all like small businesses and hotels and it's kind of run down, but there's a bunch of like little gift shops and stuff all the way up. So I would say, let's go Tommy boying it, try to sell some air filters here or oil filters. Break parts. <laughs> it was awesome. So we did that, but, um, 
I think that not letting my presses get taken away by credit card companies, you know, and stuff like that. Like that was a big motivation. Yeah. I think that. So once you got that, once you got that Ryanet stuff and that Riley and all that stuff, did, was that when you started doing customer work? Yeah. So I started, I was like, okay, uh, I'm getting kind of bored printing the same logo over and over again. And I have some free time. Like we were, we were doing pop-ups on weekends. So we were building our inventory for ourselves, but having a bunch of free time to perfect the craft essentially. Like, right. Um, and we were, I think we're pretty much like the only water-based printers on Cape Cod. There's a couple others, but they they do their own stuff. They weren't doing any custom work. So any, you know, Joe Schmo landscaping, they were all getting water-based, nice smooth prints now, instead of like, you know, thicker prints that they were used to. So we got to like kind of break ground with just a new technique, a new feel. Um, and then, but like what started when I, I kind of forgot a part when I first moved into the warehouse, I was doing it all alone. Like I was just working at the bakery and then going to the warehouse. I didn't know anybody. I had like friends that come over and we'd mess around. I set up two drum sets in the back room, played guitar and drums all day and had a real vibey chill spot to be. But, um, it wasn't until I met Christina, my now fiance, where she worked at that time for six years at a, very big screen printing shop on Cape Cod, like the biggest one. And, uh, they're called Kaleidoscope. They're awesome. We love them. Um, they're all like MNR people. They're the coolest shop ever. And, um, you know, I, I made friends with them. I would go to her work to pick her up and I would get invited in got to like go like on a tour of the whole place. Now I was just in my thousand square foot warehouse alone, figuring this stuff out day by day with new YouTube videos that would pop up going into this facility. I was like, Holy shit. Like there's like 30 people working here, all these moving parts. Like how, how, wow, this is crazy. I wish I knew about this years ago and I wish I worked. I wish I worked here like, Holy shit. And she was like, you know, I really believe in Cape shark, like right off the bat. So we met like, at the Squire, which is our local watering hole. There's like two bars in town. We met there a week later. She came to my shop and was like, this is cool. This is cool. I, I know some people. Uh, I think we could do a pop-up at Cape Cod Beer, which is like a, it's a, it's an independent brewery here and they're pretty awesome. But we did a pop-up and we made sales that day. And I was like, this is insane. Like, this is cool. So everything I just printed, that was like our first pop-up that's how it broke ground she knew who to contact she knew she had the ends yeah she had the end she was dealing with all these people she was like the front of the house at the at their shop she was doing all the you know walking all the customers through what they should get printed on doing all the sublimation she had a background of embroidery from a previous boyfriend or his parents owned a embroidery shop she worked there forever like six plus years so I can, I can I can guess what her type is then. Is it yeah? <laughs> is it other printers? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she just like she just did that, you know, like, and it, it changed my life. I didn't know this stuff existed. I didn't know this world was so big. You know, I I went down to Surf Expo, and she was like, "You've been to Surf Expo?" Like, I just we just did a big. We were um, vendors there with the print shop. We all went down to Florida. And we were all vendors there. You, we probably walked by each other. And I was like, shit, like probably I would just go down there and look at Bella canvas and say, wow, these are nice shirts. Like, 
these are the shirts I want to print on. So, you know, figuring it all out, getting, right. you know, SS activewear accounts and alpha broder and all those guys. So where are you, where are you at now then? Like you went from there to, you have a retail spot now, right? Yeah. Are you doing it all, all the work there? No. So we have, so we were, um, I had that warehouse after three years of there, it was 2019. Now we were like, we have embroidered, we had bought an embroidery machine in that time. I bought a rock in my first little square, my thousand square foot warehouse. So I bought a rock an embroidery machine, like all this stuff. I was like, we outgrew that warehouse because the machine is like 16 feet round and I had 20 yeah. foot wide, you know, room. Um, so we moved everything into a, a retail location about a mile down the road. Um, right when we moved in, we signed the lease in February, 2020. Mm. Oh gosh. Yeah. I was going to say, I can tell where this is going. Yeah. So it's like, that sucked because I had to pay so much money. There was a, there's a hairdresser above the back part of our store on the second floor. So like I, I had like an 80 gallon piston driven compressor um at my first warehouse and i was like this is not this can't be going on every 10 minutes in this retail store like this is going to drive us insane so i had to go buy a rotary screw compressor that was like eight or nine grand i forget what it was but it took forever to get because of covid too so they had to ship that for like it took like four months to get paying rock all those guys to disassemble my press move it over into the shop have it all rehooked up we couldn't open for like seven months when we first got into that store. So and you were, but you were paying rent all along though. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the rock payment and all that, like everything. Did you think, so, did you, think you were done like that? It yeah, might be over. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Because we moved into this beautiful location. It was like high ceilings and, and it was just big and open and beautiful. I set up a dark room and all this stuff, but getting fixtures for this was like near impossible. Like the pipe walls that are in like a retail store that you can, I don't like getting the ones off a of home Depot because they rust and they get all over your clothes unless you got to coat them and paint them. But we have like, you know, 2000 square feet. I wasn't going to get all those pipes. So I ordered them all in, but I had to pay like pretty much. Let's just say the pipe wall was like five grand. It was like three grand for shipping. You know, it was like ridiculous. So I got like, I kept hitting roadblocks. Like, how am I going to afford this? How is this going to work? Right. So we stopped everything we were doing. And I put out two tables, two folding tables. I dug around my parents' garage, found an embroidery, um, just a little sewing machine. We drove two hours to Christina's grandmother's house, got a sewing machine from her. And then we went and utilized kaleidoscope imprints because they're like family to us. We got to go up into their little private layer at their shop and go into like all the boxes of testings, like all their shirts. He was like, take as many as you want. And he gave us like hundreds of shirts and we cut them and made masks out of them. So we just, and that's when masks weren't available and everyone wanted, you know, the N95 or whatever they, those were for, you know, doctors, or if you're going into the hospital, you just needed a, a face covering of some sort. So we were like, okay, we're not selling shirts. Let's cut them all up. I remember cutting up brand new comfort color shirts, being like, fuck it, cutting them wow. up. Mm -hmm. And so, then we would just, it was like a double ply. And 
Mm-hmm. I learned how to sew overnight. <laughs> Masks kind of saved our butt. I mean, we printed so many. I we I can't even I don't even know how many. But right. I was telling someone, um, they came in and asked me a question, which I want to share with you. But they came in me like a couple of days ago, that, somebody that works here. And I was telling them that during COVID, for at least, I don't know, like six months, we had curbside pickup. So like when you ordered, when you placed an order here and it was ready, because unlike Dylan, like we don't ship out, most of ours is like pickup or courier right. or something like that. And so we have that, we, we put a card outside and when they pulled up in the, in their parking lot in our space, they would call us and we would. You just kicked um, it out the door. We'd carry it out and put it on the, or we, they would call us and say, hey, I'm on my way. And it would already be out there, you know, like on a cart. And there was, they wouldn't even come in. And also we taped a, um, this line, this piece of tape that said six foot, because we were supposed to, our city yeah. told us to. That's When they came up to our front counter, they stood six foot away from the fucking counter. You know, like that's what I was trying Great to, like, day. I didn't know how to navigate it you know we had i had people that were customer facing they were taking orders and talking to people but you didn't want them you know like right next to each other but the reason why i was talking or i told the the story is that i had an employee here and they came in my office said hey well actually back up first i saw them i was walking by and they're like hey boss i need to talk to you about some business i was like okay they're putting in the two weeks you know like that's it that's usually the thing how it starts and he gets that daily so (laughs) So I was like, oh, no, okay, well, let's, um, how about in like, an, I can't remember, like an hour or whatever. He's like, cool, cool. So he, he comes in and we start chatting and he asks me, he says, you know, I, I'm thinking about starting my own business, not a screen printing shop, but uh, my own business. And what do you think? Like, what's your advice, you know, about that? Like, he's going to have a brick and mortar store in his own business. And I was like. It wasn't a screen printing shop. It was not a screen printing shop, but I was, I, I, I was like, well, specifically, like, what are you asking? And then I, and then I, I actually talked with him for like a, about an hour and it's very, I think it's very hard. I, I was sort of um, struggling with, okay, like giving this person like real advice, like before you go sign a lease on a spot, mm-hmm. you know, that you're personally guaranteeing because that's typically how it goes and you're going to go sign this lease and you're not just guaranteeing it but with your company that can go out of business and then not owe the lease, you're personally guaranteeing it. Like if your company goes out, you still owe that money for five years yep. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and so what I, the advice I gave was just like, get your expenses, like put everything down, like what's it going to cost to start and then add like 20 fucking percent, you know, at for least because sure. you're going to forget about the fire extinguisher or whatever it is exactly. Yeah, that you have to have to get your license and stuff like that. And so I just, said, start there and like, don't do anything else. Just start there. Look at your, what it's going to cost you and then come back and ask me some questions. But isn't that a tough one? Like if somebody t- asked you, Hey, would you start a screen printing shop? And it wasn't a screen printing shop, but whatever it is, isn't yeah. it hard to say, yeah, go for it because maybe it's their dream, but also it could crush them, you know, financially. It, so, it is I don't know. It's, it's like, not easy. <clears throat> so I learned, I learned from like, so my parents, like my dad, like, Man, it was crazy. So, like, when I first started Cape Shark 2014, go two years later, it was 2016 now, I'm still working at the bakery. At that time, I'm managing it. My dad got, like, diagnosed with bladder cancer. So, he had to get, like, his bladder removed and get the bag put on. And that, like, fucked him up. Like, he, like short-tempered it was like uh he was like you know what like my dad's very awesome he's a drummer back in the day and super positive and like at one at some points 
but he would be like, you know what? Like life sucks and you die. And he was like that for a little bit because he was so bitter. And I was like, you know, it made me like kind of be like, shit, like I don't want to like just do what I'm like told, you know, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be like my dad, essentially. Like, I don't want to be pissed off where I'm working all the time. I want to like, I don't want to resent my parents also the rest of my life, not being able to do what I wanted to do. So I was like, I got to figure out this screen printing thing fast and like get good at it. And like, just, it kind of gave me the gas I needed to like, just get out of there and like, yeah, sore. But I feel like like the hardest part with that, like any, like your story with him is two different things. One, you hear somebody's idea for a business and you're like, there's no way in hell this is going to work. Like that's such a shitty idea. Or you give them the keys of the kingdom, like all this advice, like, dude, and it's the same thing we talked about with parenting before, where it's like, they don't know till they know Like you could tell them, be like, dude, you could do it this way. And this is going to, you're going to crash and burn. Or like I learned to do it this way and it's this is the way to go. And then to see them just not take your advice at all. Or you see a possibility even business, and then you say, Hey, you should really pursue this. You could make really good money. You could do this, and then just have them be like, No, I don't really want to. It's just kind of it like it takes a certain drive. It takes it like, you know, you gotta just like know that you gotta be there all day. Yeah. You know people start businesses and they're like, Oh, it's only like 10 hours or 15 hours out of your week to do it. And I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? Like it's 18, 19 hours a day. I'm thinking about this. That's what sets me apart from other people. Like when I started this too, my friends were all going out all the every weekend. And I got to the point where I felt like I was just like, you know, a cinder block tied to my legs. To the difference press. between the difference between you and somebody else is you did it because you were interested in the stickers and the girl and the logo, and then you were giving it to your friends and everything else. The, the difference between you and somebody else is somebody else would see you doing that three months down the road and be like, I could do that. I could make money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is it's always the people that are like, Oh, I could do this to make money. Yeah, now, I'm doing this because I like this a lot and I don't give a fuck if it makes a dollar because I, think, I just spent a thousand dollars to give shirts away to my friends. For sure. Like, then, that's the person love. that's going to make it happen. Yeah, it's pure love. And I, I was going to ask you guys a question like I was going to save it for like you guys any questions for I watch your show religiously. So like I I can even like word for word, like know your, your intros. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> even all the sponsors, I can just mouth it. <laughs> And she's like, I'm like, yeah. And Nicka Lucas, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> she's like, damn dude, you're weird. And I was like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. But I'm just dude. saying like, it's pure love for what you do. And I was going to ask you guys, when you burn a screen and then you throw it on press, whether it's your company or, or somebody else's after you do that first test print and it comes, you, sh- you bring it around. Do you get that a feeling of like excitement in your stomach still? Like the jittery, like, Ooh, like I don't know. I get it. I get it's weird. I get like a weird little excitement. Um, uh, yesterday, so we had this like perfect storm of orders, uh, and all of them were like eight color, nine color, ten color in a row. And what that does to our shop, it um, it just clogs it up, right? I mean, because well, for one, it has to go on a certain press, yep. and um, it just with this one, it was going to end up spinning. I I know we, we shouldn't, but we ended up spinning four times with one of it because it was fleece. 
three times on the t-shirts it was both tees and fleece but i um yeah yep but i i'm it was like uh almost lunch we had to reburn a couple of screens to make it um work and i was like look i'll i'll set it up i'll i'll go over you know like lunch hour and lock them in and so i did i went over and i got the new screens put it in unlocked all the screens and then re tri-synced it and right. right exactly what you said when i hit you know my to see my test print to see how close i got like that yeah. was exciting like hey um i haven't done this in a long time did i sure. reg it like how how did i lose my edge or am i okay and i noticed like a sure. couple people that were saw me over there and they're kind of like wanting to see like yeah. how i did <laughs> you know? Malone, yeah. <laughs> yeah but i mean so it was um and then i actually ran the order you know i hadn't really printed much this year because of my because of my back and and i wanted to test it like can i can i run 150 shirts am i am i out of the game or i still am i still in can i do this and so it worked and i and i was able to do it but so yeah the the answer is yeah like i'd still get butterflies if that's what you mean sometimes I'm not all the time it. other times i'm like fuck yeah. this sucks i don't want to do this anymore right, right, i quit right. <laughs> it happens i mean there's blood spilt in here there's tears like <laughs> i mean it it hurts sometimes i was we were doing um I don't know what was going on with me. I was printing our Halloween run and it was like long sleeves. And we had like a two color long sleeve and my back. And so I've had back issues too. I just, Oh God, here we go. Oh yeah. You want to just just off the fucking rails now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, this all happened in my first warehouse. I was, I was printing. I got a, our, our local high school hit us up and was like, Hey, it's, it's prom season. And our school the kids have come to a meeting and someone brought you guys up cape shark and we'd like to see if you guys if we can buy shirts from you guys and put them and give them to everybody who attends the prom and i was like fuck yeah like this is amazing like my school hated me when i went to school there and like now they're asking me for my logo and stuff so we did like my school still hates me shirts (laughs) i think for the school Mm And they, we printed the bag, little white bags. We wrapped them all up. We did all this, gave them, they loved it. It was epic, but I, I fell to my knees. It was the only day. thing they got wrapped up that night. Yeah. I was like, I, uh, I fell to my knees. Cause I, I just like something in my back tweaked out and I was doing it all manual. I didn't have any autos or anything. And I fell to my knees. I go to my doctor. They're like, we're just going to give you six months of PT and some cortisone shots. You'll be fine. And it was hurting. And um, September comes after summer. I was like, I got to fly down to Orlando and go to like uh, a surf expo. Like I got to get off. We like to get off Cape at the end of the summer because it's so crazy here. We don't get time to like leave our town for like three months because we're just too busy. So I like to go down to Florida or just go to a trade show to like clear my mind. I run into Ryan Moore and I was like, dude, I need to speak to you. Now I'm like, I'm like hobbling. I'm like, just like an old man. I smoke weed. So every time I coughed, it killed. And just like, just really hurt. I went up to Ryan Moore. I was like, dude, I, I got to figure something out. Like we're getting orders. And he showed me a rock and he was like, come to dinner tonight with all of us. And, you know, it's like Ross and it's like four other dudes. It was like a small little table of us. And we talked about it. And the next day I pulled the trigger at the expo. I was like, I'm going to buy a four color eight station just for what I need. Like, I don't need any more colors than that. Like mm. we're just water-based and our, my logo is a single color and it works for us. And 
he was like, this is perfect. We'll give you six pay- like six months, no payments. And you'll be off and running by the summer. This is going to be great. Well, when I got back from that trip, I had to get back surgery because it was just killing me. So I had this press on its way. Um, my mom being who she was, she called the doctor and like freaked out and was like, you need to get him in, get surgery immediately. She did that. What kind of surgery did you get? What what song is that? Where it goes, mama called the doctor and the doctor said, more <laughs> monkeys jumping on the bed. That's where we're getting at right <laughs> yeah. now. But yeah. She was just like, not. I was like in agony. I couldn't even like, you know, I was contemplating that I, did I, did I, am I done doing this? Like, is this it? Like this hurts way too much. That sciatic pain going down your whole leg. It's just unbearable when you have to print flash print all day long and unload all the boxes and deliver them. And, you know, I don't have any help. So I had my L5 S1. Um, I had a, there was like a nerve wrapped around it. So they had to like rip, like pull it up and relieve it. And then it finally went away. My pain went away. I was like, Holy shit. And the doctor was like, yeah, if we didn't remove that, you just did PT. Like you were just pro- prolonging this pain. Like there's no, we, we had to do what we had to do. And it was I'll, like a 30. I really don't want to get too far into this. Cause that's all we talk about anymore is fucking bad. Pain. <laughs> but notice like, how I'm my, I'm over here quiet. Notice that. Yeah. You're I know, there. but, I feel you. but I exactly what you're saying is the pain that I have. So yeah. it's how quick. it was like a procedure that was somewhat not very, crazy. Very, very quick. I was not, I hate surgeries. I hate getting tattooed even. Like, I just don't like pain at all. Yeah. I really don't. I just don't like it. Um, I was really scared. I was like a big pussy when I was getting surgery. I was just like, oh, I don't want to go. And I did it. And I, it took like a solid nine months after surgery to like, all right, I'm going to go run as fast as I can and lift anything I want and like not feel anything other than like how it should normally feel. It took like nine, I remember like saying nine months was from I don't understand what surgery you had. Was the space too small where your nerve was and they made it bigger? Andy, stop doing that. Yeah. The nerve just like, this, the nerve just like kind of slipped up into the middle of the disc and was getting pressed on. Oh, I don't know. It was really weird. Um, Gotcha. I think everyone's different, but. So what was the procedure though? Did they just like do a little slit and kind of did the little thing? Yep. Yep. I was like, I was really pissed because I had a huge back appointment. So I, my tattoo artist I go to was like usually booked out for two years and I had a huge back piece. I had like a, just a huge thing that was getting on the whole, my whole ass and my whole back just a gigantic hammerhead shark. And we've been planning it for months. I've been counting down the days. I had it all saved up. I was I had a seven hour session. I was like ready to go. And after I saw my doctor, he was like, yeah, you're going in on this day for surgery. It was the same day I was supposed to be getting tattooed. And that was like crushing to me. So I had to like, well, wait. How, how, how long were you out for the surgery? Um, just like a week. I'd say like three days, four days. I was like, I was fine. Like, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a great story yeah. and about Ryan and buying uh, and how you got your first press. But I thought for sure you were going to say sure. that he sent you or got you a something called a back bridge because I finally yeah, I found wish. out, by the way, who sent me the back bridge and it was Ryan. And so it's like this thing that has different, um, I guess there's like five or six pieces depending on how much okay. you want to bridge your back and lay on. And he sent yep. me this thing, it's called back, back bridge and it. Um, so thank you, Ryan. I never even figured it out until he emailed and goes, how's it, 
How's the back bridge? And I'm like, you're the you're the guy who sent that. Yeah, Ryan's the goat, dude. He's he's pretty like, he awesome. He does shit like, like that, isn't that he's cool? A good man, like, yeah, yeah, he's a good man. Much love for that. Good like uh, all those videos i learned a lot from them you know i oh my god like there's no i, I was talking to um Pink girl mafia christina last night and i was just saying there's no youtube videos anymore that go into it like they did back in the day like what we yeah. used to all watch like even cam used to really dive in you know like all these old youtubers i used to like there was be so much information and if they're not that doesn't exist anymore I, I know like, like two weeks ago, um, Lauren goes, Hey Andy, Cam's on the phone. A guy named Cam's on the phone for you. So I was like sprinted to the phone thinking like it's fucking Cam, picked yeah. it up, trying to sell me something. Not Cam. <laughs> Some yeah, not douchebag. Um, so <laughs> do you have any other questions for us before we go to quick takes? Question. I don't have any questions for you guys. I mean, because I watch. I mean, I watch you guys religiously, so it's like I he knows. Of, he knows where we sleep. Make, you can make yeah, one yeah. up. <laughs> anything you can ask. Anything. But wait, that's so, on the, that's so on the spot. Mm, I know. Um, no, we can go to quick takes. No, real quick before we do that, how's how's everything right now? How's the business? I know we oh, quickly touched on it in the beginning. Yeah, your retail well, spot looks really good. Christina did say that you're not going to be there much longer. Yeah, so we keep so every day we get kicked in the nuts a little bit. Like we we find out something, just like we're like, oh my god, really? Like so our our current store that we're in right now that we've been there for three years is getting turned into a storage facility. So my landlord says. He owns like a fish market and he was like, yeah, we're turning this into a, uh, uh, just a storage cell. So we're losing our store, um, which really sucks um, because that's like 70% of our sales. But after 48 hours after hearing that, we rented another space, two buildings down. It's half the square footage. Um, it doesn't have high ceilings. It has all like office cubicle ceilings, like a drop ceiling and carpet that has been there for 40 years that needs to mm, that's the good stuff yeah so i have to really invest all summer into this new building that i took a six-year a three-year lease with a three-year option to get in yeah, it's just a lot it's just yeah well good luck with that but i'm glad I, my production is where we are now like i have a four thousand square foot warehouse now so that is my landlord over here is really awesome but I have like, right now I have like five landlords. <laughs> it's Jeez. like, yeah, buying some houses on Cape Cod, they're like $700,000 for a one bedroom, one bath. If you're lucky, like it's just not doable. So we rent, yeah. we uh, just figured out as we go, we, we have like a year rental. We just moved out of our, we had a seven month rental, a winter rental that we slept at, that was our house. So we just had to, a week ago, two weeks ago, move into our new rental. God, I hate moving. It's like, you know, it, it is what it is. And I get married next year in Florida. Congrats. Yeah. So it's gonna be pretty awesome. So we're like, we were hoping to save all summer for the wedding and stuff like that, which we're going to have to still, but we have to now invest into Even a, more. Yeah. we have a 13 and a half foot shark hanging from our ceiling. I saw that. Shark. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, and it's not going to fit even in the door at the new shop. So that's going to come to the warehouse and hang from my huge ceilings here. And, that's so uh, cool. I saw that. 
it's hard, you know, it's really, you know, I, I really admire you cause you own your buildings and <laughs> it's really awesome. So I always like, damn, someday I'll own it. Like, like Dylan or something. Yeah. But I don't live in Cape Cod. I live yeah. in fucking Whitney point. In yeah. the middle of nowhere, which has so. a beautiful lake that you can it walk. Does, it does. There's I do sunsets. love. I do love my town, Fresh but I'm not air. super far from you. So I think I just need to make a trip to Cape Cod. Really, seriously. Zach came the other night, and I got to thank him because he is amazing. Uh, this is can of corn, Zach. Like he he hit me up the other night at 8 p.m. and was like, "Yo, I'm at your store," and I was like, "What? Like this is insane. Like my store is closed, but like let's go to my warehouse." Like. So we chilled to like 11 o'clock at night, just like hanging out, shooting the shit. And I was like, yeah. this is the first time in like six years of being like with my rock and anybody in this industry has come see me. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like, thank you, Zach. Like, seriously. It's the best, yeah. He is so cool. Like, I can't wait to chill with him more. We're, um, we're going to be doing YouTube videos and stuff like that. We're trying to like tap more into the YouTube world. Good. Um, just not like instructional videos or anything like that, but just showing what we do, what our brand in and outs on the day. Yeah. It'd be good for your brand. Showing like rebuilding a whole store from scratch. Um, you should do that. Yeah. You should document the whole process. Yeah. My best friend lives out in Hollywood. He used to live here, but he moved out there and I just put him on payroll to start making content doing our, he's like, he edits like music videos or his own personal, um, stuff he, he makes his own short features and stuff like that's that. awesome shout out to my call you're awesome <laughs> well let's do some quick takes sure quick tates i don't know if you can hear that quick yeah. tates <laughs> is that what i said yes probably probably quick, uh quick, so quick taints <laughs> brendan <Yummy. laughs> what's one thing you can't live without oh god definitely weed I, I knew it. it was going to be weed. I was about I to say weed. I was like, I knew you were going to be like, he's like, man, I just love it. It just, it just does. It does. Uh, I always tell people like if it, if smoking weed brings you down at all, like don't, don't smoke weed. Like how are you though? How are you with people smoking weed flower, not vape in your fucking restroom while they're here oh, no. on the, while they're on the clock? Well, How's that work? Does that fly? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I don't really like, um, we had one of this, our employees, he came here with a bong and he started like ripping it outside. And I was like, I was like sweeping up. Cause I saw that he was like, you got time to lean, time to clean kind of thing. Like I'm picking up a broom and I'm sweeping. And I just like picked up his bong and I dropped it like head high, like head, whatever, just like <laughs> dropped it. Like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, dude, sorry. Like, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to get another one. I was like, you're done. <laughs> like, get out of here. Like, I don't so know. For me, it's time and place. Like if you're, if I don't know about it, if you go out to your car and just like rip it, like, I don't and if it affects you, like you're done. Like I can't, there's right. too many moving parts here. I kind of like being the only stoner in my building. Yep. Good <laughs> way to like, go about I, it. I agree. Uh, I, I can handle it, you know. Dive right into uh, what's a pet peeve of yours. God. Oh, when people call, uh, when my employees call ink paint. Hmm um pet peeve it just makes my skin i'm like when you run out of when you're writing something did you write hey i'm out of paint like you know right. what i mean my no, daughter I mean. knew that was something that would piss me off from like a very young age and she's done it her whole life she always yeah. calls it paint or or when, like my i don't know about you guys but how long did, did your family ever think it was a hobby of yours? oh yeah like that's a pet peeve like 
that's, you know, my own family. They were like, oh, this is a hobby. This is a hobby. And it would like drive me nuts. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, not just family, friends. Yeah, I still get that. You know, you talk doing this shit them, fucking 15, 16 years. And it's yeah, like, you tell them for hey. years, like, hey, I print shirts and they don't really put it all together. And then they yeah. come by the shop and they're like, um, yeah. these machines make it look too easy. You know what I mean? Like all these like happy YouTube videos, they make everything look so easy, but it's like, it, it hurts sometimes, a lot of the time. Um, next question is you're stuck on an island for one year. You're stuck you on Cape Cod for one year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, never left. <laughs> I started screaming. What do you now. do? <laughs> You're on an island in the middle of nowhere by yourself, but you can bring one thing. What do you bring? Oh, what do I bring? Oh, God. I was thinking like a guitar, like a ukulele or something. Because it's like... Can't, can't eat that. But Oh, you say, oh, what, what would I eat? <laughs> no, no, no. No, you, just bring. You were good. Yeah, good you uh, I like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I think I would just bring like a little something just to make songs with or something. Like, it's fun. Like You're I trying think, to serenade uh, the mermaids and bring them in. Yeah, exactly. I get it. Mermaids. And the right answer is weed, but um, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel man. like you can answer all of these questions with weed, honestly. <laughs> weed, yeah. weed and warm. Yeah. That's the other fun thing. It's like I get to print for dispensaries or just a skateboard shop. That's what I've ended up being the only thing I print for. And they can pay you with weed. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what's your most recent TV binge? God, I've been watching anything. So... Every time I turn on Netflix, there seems to be a new Mark Wahlberg movie or an Adam Sandler movie. And I'm like, solid. Like, they're solid movies. I don't, and I love horror movies, but these sappy ones are just good. Like, some, they're solid. Like, I just watched, I just watched Hustle two nights ago, the yeah. Adam Sandler one. It was fucking yeah. so good. They're all, right? That's what I'm saying. So I've been watching like stuff like that, um, lighter stuff. But no, that's nice. really it. Mark Wahlberg or Adam Sandler stuff really useful. Like, that's what I've been Nice. I saw Adam Sandler about a month ago on tour. You know, he came to St. Louis and eh, like it was pretty good, but I shouldn't have gone. Um, yeah. He's good, better. Good rating. Yeah, don't go. Like if he's coming to your town, I don't go see that. What was your first car? My first car was a Jeep Cherokee. It was like a little red four door Cherokee, it's all lifted and stuff. It was so I think some kid locally got a DUI and had to sell his car and I got it for the low. I got, I got it nice. for like two grand. Yeah, the first car I learned to drive on was a Jeep Cherokee, black one. Yeah. It was like a ninety-six or something like that. I had awesome. I had a couple Jeeps and then I my last Jeep was uh not the greatest and, and it did me dirty. So I switched to the Toyota Highlander. So I'm no longer a Jeep man. I'm a Highlander man for life. I've now. probably had five Jeep Cherokees. No less than yeah. five, maybe more. Could be 10. Not sure. I've had seven Wranglers or six Wranglers. <laughs> yeah. You had a Cherokee not that long ago, right? Because I Me? wrote in it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Go to snack. Go to snack. Oh, God. Uh, zebra cakes. Zebra cakes? Yeah, they're awesome. They are not bad. <laughs> Or uh, frozen, um, what's it called? Uh, those Uncrustables, but I like it frozen. Gross. Frozen? You mean like the peanut butter and jelly? Like hard. Things? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. He likes it hard. Next question. Hard and cold. Final question. 
What is for dinner? I'm going to, uh, I don't even eat, I hate seafood, but tonight we're going to a sushi place because it's Wednesday local night. Mm. But we're going to Bluefin's in Chatham. It's a, uh, they have good steak. So that's why I'm going there. Good man. Are you talking to you, man? Like now I have a reason. We both have a reason to go to Cape Cod. I've never been. Sounds amazing. Awesome. um, Congrats on your wedding. And when did you say it was? Uh, it's October. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it's Friday the 13th. So it's a September 13th. Oh, God. It's doomed. That's doomed already. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably um, really cheap, you know? Good good move. Yeah, it was. It's a quarter of the price what it is on Cape Cod, even in the winter here. To, mm. You know, it's like 100K plus here to get married. And it was like a quarter of that down there. That's so. disgusting. I think I spent Isn't like it? two grand. Yeah, that's what I want to spend. But, <laughs> you know. Well, seriously, though, we appreciate you being on, man. This was awesome. Um, we definitely need to make it out there because I'm all about traveling all over the place now. So I will come see you. Sweet. And cue the soft music right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> this all is right, so dude. good. Have a good day, yeah. man. Love you guys.